0: This is Surfing Through Cinema. I'm your host, Hawaii Harry. Today with my special guests, my cousin Carter, Jake, Josh, and Cole, we will be discussing the next film for Star Wars Week. This is a film that has proven that in some cases, the sequel is better than the original. It has also started the trend of having a major spoiler that's so secretive that not even the main actors know the truth of it. This is the week about where the bad guys win, and I'm of course talking about The Empire Strikes Back, which is celebrating its 40th anniversary this year. All right, well thanks for being here, Carter.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to be here. I was actually born on May 4th, which is Star Wars Day, so I feel like this is right up my alley.
0: Heck yeah, and I liked him having on the show so much that I came up to him. You know, we decided to come up here for Thanksgiving and whatnot. So why not? Good old Utah. Good old Utah. So we could get into your points. Sure. Yeah. So what do you think initially with the plot? Yeah. So I hadn't seen Empire Strikes Back
1: for a few years because I just got back from my mission. But um, actually, I remember my mission president actually showed us one scene at a mission conference. Hey, <laughs> Really? Yeah. Which I'll, I'll, re- I'll refer back to that later. But I watched it again last night and it was super good. Like. Super good to go back into it. So in terms of the plot, I definitely feel like the broken hyperdrive in Millennium Falcon is the main driver of the plot. <laughs>
0: no pun intended. <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, man, that thing is just broken in so many scenes. And by the end of the movie, they were about to fly away. And I was like, yes, finally it's working. And it wasn't again. I was like, I, I didn't remember the fact that R2 had to fix it. And I was just thinking, like, are you kidding me?
0: How are they going to get out of
1: this one? Mm-hmm. <laughs> The number of the times that they, like, talk over R2 and C-3PO, when, like, sometimes c 3 is super annoying, but then the times that they ignore him are the times when they needed to listen to him. Or yeah. to R2. r uh. is like, talking to the computer. C-3PO. Then C-3PO, I guess, getting revenge is like, no, the we don't care about the drive. Just open the door. Yep. They get on board, the drive's not working, and R2 says, it is still broken. So, that was probably one of the biggest parts of the plot. But another thing that I thought was interesting was that we have Leia and Han that spend most of the movie running mm. from the Empire. Meanwhile, Luke is on Dagobah getting trained by Yoda. So I was yeah. trying to decide if... Because usually in Star Wars, there's not a lot of like space physics. But I was wondering if this was kind of an interstellar situation where
0: yeah.
1: Luke's time was slower because he was on a planet and theirs was faster.
0: Because yeah. it
1: seems like Luke had a lot more time to get trained than
0: the time that they spent running to Bespin. Yeah, that does make that does make me wonder they've never addressed that in star wars but i imagine
2: mm-hmm.
0: that's probably a thing because like you said in interstellar like the different planets they're on the time is so different mm-hmm. so that's a good question because there's no way he learned that in two days yeah. three days whatever but it was running yeah that's crazy i have not thought about
1: that And just the way that they interact with each other, Yoda and and Luke, it kind of felt like they were referring to Yoda at one point, says, remember what happened in the cave, the day in the cave? So we know at least he was there longer than a day. Yeah, for sure. I thought that was interesting, just trying to decide, like, is this Star Wars just not writing well enough, or is it just space, so just get over it type of thing? Yeah.
3: Yes, Jake? That would also explain why Yoda seems kind of young in the first one, and then Luke comes back in like a couple of days and he seems so old and
1: ready to die. That could make sense of it too. I didn't mean, think about that. He said he'd been training Jedis for 800 years and how old is he when he dies? He's like 900. <clears throat> I guess, I mean, he needed 100 years to figure it out himself first, so.
0: Yeah, that's something I hadn't thought about. So if you guys know something about that in the comments, let us know because that's something I want to know about too. Yeah, how does the timeline work in this show? But... Yeah, did you want to go back
1: and forth or just? No, we'll you... we'll do yours first and then we'll do mine next. Okay. Yeah. So that was it for the plot, I guess. I mean, of course, the biggest thing is that Luke is the son of Darth Vader, and for sure. it's all leading up to that, and comes out of nowhere. Like Darth Vader, when he finds out from uh, the Emperor that his that the son of Anakin Skywalker is alive, he doesn't like react openly, but watching the movie, knowing that Luke is Darth Vader's son, you can kind of see him think immediately, the gears kind of get going in his head, like, how could this be? And I I don't know if it's the fact that he knows he's so powerful that he wants to bring Luke to their side, or if it's kind of like a fatherly protection of his son, or if it's purely selfish, need the power with him.
0: Yeah. You know, you bring up a good point. Uh, Lexi talked about that too, how maybe that was just his way of protecting him, because he's like, Mm -hmm. if he could be turned, he could be a powerful ally, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So, that could be his way of protecting him. Yeah. Like, deep down, they're still good in him. Like Padme said, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they're still good.
1: <clears throat> Just gives up the ghost. Well, and it's crazy, because Darth Vader, Vater, Vater, in German, is father, and in Dutch, I think it's even more similar. Yeah, I think so. So, it's almost as if people should have seen it coming, but they didn't, so... Yeah, I wonder if in Germany they saw it coming. Yeah, does he have a different name? But... So, yeah, that's definitely probably the highlight of the plot is definitely that reveal
0: um, that Darth Vader is Luke's father. I'm sure that just blew everyone's minds back then. Yeah, I'm sure of it, because they didn't really uh, allude to that at all until Mm -hmm. that moment. It's like, whoa. Well, and then it's pivotal from then on out,
1: and Luke's ability to fight the dark side. Yeah, he's like,
0: crap, i got to kill my dad.
1: (laughs) Yep. Yeah, so in terms of technical... Um, I think my favorite scene, technically, was definitely the Atat scene. Mm. Just the very beginning. Yeah, just how real it still looks with them all moving and the different tricks that they use to fly around them and defeat them.
0: I don't know. I just think that's a really memorable opening scene. Definitely, although there were a couple. Things I didn't understand too much because they said the armor's too strong for our blasters mm-hmm. And yet once they knock one over they shoot at it and it explodes. Yeah, so I'm like
1: <laughs> I was trying to figure it out My only my only thought is that it was because they kind of aimed for like the back of its neck uh, So I thought maybe that's why because that'd be kind of a hard and exposed one spot to hit But at the same time. Yeah, you're right <laughs> I guess if, if you knock out the legs the shields just go down for sure
0: Yeah I used to have uh, one of my dad's old toys that was an ATAT, and I think it was pretty cool. So yeah. I'd love to see one of those models. Why not have one too,
1: actually? It wasn't like the most balanced thing, but I loved playing with it. Yeah, the legs are always all, all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think the whole Hoth area, that's definitely my favorite. Do you know where they filmed that, actually? Because that's what I was wondering. Um, I looked it up. They filmed
0: it in Norway. Really? hmm Were they just freezing their butts off then, actually? Yeah. The scenes with, like, Luke Skywalker running around, that was really out in the blizzards. Hmm. It's just him and a camera guy. <laughs> and everyone else is just sitting with their hot chocolate looking out the window. Is he okay Really? <laughs> <laughs>
1: He's actually passed out. Like, good acting. Good, good, good acting, Mark.
0: <laughs> you okay? <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, and then when Darth Vader walks in, I see all the stormtroopers are wearing their whole, like, snow gear. And DC Luke and all of them have got their, like, fur coats, and Earth Vader mm. just gives zero flips. He's wearing the same thing uh, as always. It's like, I wear the same thing everywhere. Yeah. Well, and I kind of, I turned to my roommate I was watching it with, and I said, man, I kind of wish he had, like, a fur-lined coat for this. <laughs> like, just a wampa fur coat Earth uh, Vader just completely just, I don't know. I think or, that'd be awesome.
0: Yes, or, like, Bane's coat with, like, the big old yeah, flap in yeah, the back. Yeah, just
1: something. Some kind of, like, fur attached to it. Black fur, white fur, I don't care. But That would be awesome. I imagine it was pretty cold. I can't imagine that suit has a lot of heat in it. Mm -mm. You know, to the actor, was he usually sweating in there? So do you think that was like one of his favorite days on
0: set? Probably. (laughs) (laughs) I'd imagine so. You hear stories all the time of all the actors in those suits. Mm -hmm. And it was just brutal. Well, Chewbacca, I bet he was happy. Yeah. Nowadays, like Iron Man and all that, they have little fans in there. But back then, they didn't have anything. Just had to suffer. (laughs) Yeah. Geez. Suffer for the art.
1: Those stormtroopers were wimps, man. They were wearing, like, the full body gear, and everyone else has just got, like, maybe a hood, and that's it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Not only can they not aim, they are... They can't handle the cold. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Let's see. Another scene technically I really liked, when Darth Vader fights Luke, that whole chamber where they have... I want to say carbonation chamber, but I know that's wrong. What do they call that?
0: I don't know. Carbonations and soda, so... yeah. Uh, carbon night what
1: carbon freezing room yes that one I carbon just freezer loved, yes exactly <laughs> I loved the orange stairs with the blue lighting in the background
0: just yeah. that
1: was beautiful that scene
0: yeah I really like that too that's one of my favorite scenes in the whole Star Wars universe really mm. it's like super tense like you just see this red lightsaber come out of Darth Vader's hand you're like whoa it's terrifying yeah. well and There's a bit where they're fighting outside of that room,
1: and Darth Vader's breathing pretty heavily. And at one point, he stops breathing, starts attacking Luke, and his breathing's, like, really hurried. And I turn to my roommate, and I'm like, no way! He was holding his breath! He was literally holding his (laughs) breath, getting ready to (laughs) attack him. We all were. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Just on the edge of our seats, Darth Vader's over there, just... (gasps) Okay. (laughs) Just waiting to get him. So, yeah, technically, that... Probably my favorite scene, Hoth, and also that last final fight between the two of them. That lightsaber battle is a lot more
0: exciting than the fourth movie as well. Very, very much so. Yeah. You know, as much as I like Alec Guinness, he's he was old. Yep. <laughs> he's, uh, uh, not as exciting as this one. Did
1: you see the reimagined version of that scene? No. Okay. I'll have I've to heard say to people that talking happens. about that. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um. So yeah, for acting. I think definitely the highlight were Leia and Han just bantering the entire movie. Yes, exactly. Just so funny. So many different roasts. I just loved them. Nerf Herder. Scruffy-looking Nerf Herder. Yes. You didn't shaved recently. Scruffy-looking Nerf
0: Herder. I'm the (laughs) scruffy-looking Nerf Herder. Yes, I think they definitely were the best part of it. Um, You know, their acting was really, really good. But Mark Hamill's, I I think his was pretty weak still. Really? Force was pretty bad. I think this one was... Okay. Then. Yeah, it's getting better.
2: Yeah,
1: I, there's just so many good lines. My goodness, just I remember uh, Han tries to get a kiss from her, and she said, "I'd rather kiss a Wookiee. He's like, "Luckily, I have one. I'm sure he could really use it." Yes, yes. <laughs> I could arrange that. I could arrange that. <laughs> That's what he says, man. And the classic line when he's going into the into
0: the freezer.
2: Yes,
1: <laughs> I love you.
0: I know. Yes, although. Earlier on in the movie, when he's like bantering at her, and he's like, no, that's not it. There's like a little piece of hair that flips around. And I can't take him seriously. It's really? like a locale- little cowlick. No, I, didn't, I did not notice that. <laughs> I notice it every single time, and you know, I think it's the funniest thing ever. Dang, I'm going to have so, to keep an eye out for it. He's like, <laughs> he's like, ah, come on. It, like, <laughs> I can't take him seriously at all. The hairstylist that day's fired. Yeah, pretty much. Although I can't blame him. Harrison Ford's got really thick hair, so really? I oh yeah, I imagine they had a hard time keeping that <laughs> tamed. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay, so for music,
0: um, awesome George
1: Williams always, always wonderful. I think it even does a lot to help the plot along. That seems to be a common theme in Star Wars movies: is that when the actors aren't doing their job, you gotta yeah. get the theme in there. Okay, John Williams uh
3: George, George,
1: George Lucas and John Williams had a kid named George Williams yeah there we go John Williams yes that's what I meant to say <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a baseball player George Williams yeah. yeah all right John Williams um specifically the scene when Yoda raises the X-wing out of the swamp I think the music in mm-hmm. that scene is great
0: yeah I I think so too I wrote that too that's that was my favorite song in the whole movie mm-hmm. that and the Imperial March it's oh classic. yeah very true when I uh a couple years ago, we went to a concert for John Williams. Really? He was playing with the, I want to say Los Angeles Philharmonic or whatever, down mm-hmm. at the L.A. Bowl. And uh, when they were doing the Imperial March, there were hundreds of people with lightsabers out and, like, really? <laughs> swaying their lightsabers to the beat of it. It was really awesome. I was like, yeah.
1: <laughs> and they, they play it during that scene when Darth Vader is making all the things, like, move in a room towards Luke and breaks the glass window. Mm-hmm. The Imperial marches over that scene as well, and I thought it was a great placement. Yes. So definitely great music in that one. So, yeah, the music definitely helps advance the plots in certain parts. Um, for example, when Leia is on the Millennium Falcon, they're flying away, and Luke reaches out to her with the Force. So the, the shot is just her face with nothing relevant, but then the, you hear the music kind of trill, and you know that she's sensing something to the Force. So. Yeah, for sure. But good job good job music for picking up and um, yeah I think that's probably it for my bit but I think definitely my favorite scenes probably when Yoda raises the ship um, oh I totally skipped writing
0: you could say it now that's fine yeah alright
1: so I already talked about the reveal about Darth Vader being Luke's father excellent excellent writing and then I'd say my other favorite bit is definitely Yoda all of his lines mm-hmm. and just the way he talks about the forest is actually kind of spiritual like I'm really impressed
0: yeah and I like how at first he's like a crazy old hermit, mm-hmm. but then he yeah. reveals his true so identity. so funny. <laughs> yes. And, you know, it's Frank Oz, so I, all I could think of is like Fozzie Bear at the really? the beginning of it. He's like, you king. <laughs> 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 Found someone you did.
1: <laughs> yes, that line's so good. This everything he says, especially after he gets the ship out and he's talking about the forest being all around them. I was like, yeah, I'm vibing with y'all to preach, man. Preach, yeah. brother. Oh man uh, hallelujah
0: yeah exactly yeah he he was a great addition, and i wonder I wonder if George Lucas wanted him in the original, but added him in this one because there'd be too many mm-hmm. I guess too many jedi, really Have they talked about doing that I think I remember reading that somewhere. Hmm. I think the funniest part about Yoda though is. Uh, the designer of him. If you look at him compared to Yoda, it's a self-portrait. What? He just a, put his
1: face on a puppet. It's a
0: wrinkly old man. No <laughs> way. The, you know, bald spot and short hair. It looks exactly like him. It's just this is old guy. He's like, I've
1: never been in a movie. I swear, I'm gonna put my face in something. Children will recognize my voice or my face everywhere. <laughs> and they do. Yeah, excellent job. So I guess to end my section, probably the part that made me laugh the most. Definitely the very end of the movie when uh, we see Lando with Chewbacca and the Millennium Falcon and he's wearing a Han's, Han's clothes. Like, what the heck, man? <laughs> like, jeez, I guess you wanted to get rid of the cape, but why are you gotta steal a man's clothes? I don't know.
0: And then I don't know if you remember in solo, um, they see like this huge closet and it's all full of capes and stuff. So I'm like, What's up with Lando, <laughs> man? Like this... Did he not put all of his cloaks in there afterward? Yeah, I guess he maybe he just didn't have time
1: to pack anything. So
0: I guess that's a little weird. and
1: Han of the same size? I don't know. Luckily,
0: I guess. <laughs> that's funny though. Yeah, I didn't realize that until recently. I was like, "Wait a minute!" He's wearing the same shirt and vest. <laughs> yeah, I watched
1: Family Guy: and Strikes Back. Empire Strikes Back, and they're the ones that pointed out to me. Oh, I okay. would have never caught it otherwise.
0: Okay, there we go. What do you think of? Luke and Leia
1: making out. <laughs> this is one kiss. I I don't know. Everyone always cringes at that scene, but I think it's it's just part of the banter. It's
0: Yeah, to get it on. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's that weird. Like, they're siblings, and even later in the movie, they kind of, like, are not romantic. They just care for each other, like, as
0: mm-hmm.
1: brother and sister who don't know their brother and sister.
0: Yeah. I wonder if, at the moment when... Luke started communicating to her. That's when she realized they were related or connected somehow. Mm -hmm. Because she does say in Return of the Jedi, I've always known. And I'm like, are you sure about that? She does? Yeah. What? She's like, somehow I've always known. I'm like, why'd you make out with him? (laughs) That's a little weird. (laughs) I don't kiss my brother. (laughs) Do you? (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) Disgusting. Like, Jake was telling me yesterday about who was it, Tim Tebow or whatever, makes out with his dad? No, what? who was it? Who was it, Jake?
3: Tom Brady.
0: Tom Brady, there we go. Ew. Said, Tom what? Brady kisses his dad. Oh, I don't want to have that image in my head. That's why I don't watch sports, guys. Ooh. <laughs> How about them Patriots? Those Patriots. <laughs> They're kissing cousins up there. So now we'll get into my points. We have pretty similar ones, so I won't get into too much depth. Um... Plot-wise, I really like how this was an instance where the bad guys win. Mm. You hardly ever see that in movies, so I thought that was a really appropriate approach to it because, you know, the original one, they blow up the Death Star, kind of classic hero's journey. So this kind of turns it on its head, and I really, really liked that. I don't think that was due to George Lucas, though, you know, his crazy dialogue in uh, the prequels. I think that had to do with Lawrence Kasdan and... I was her name. Uh, the other Lee Bracket. There we go. Mm-hmm. I think it was due to their writing that it made it a lot better. <laughs> yeah. So, what role did George Lucas
1: function on this movie? Because in the credits, I didn't. He wasn't the director. He wasn't no. the writer.
0: No. So was he just producer or consultant? He was like creative consultant and story. Like he wrote mm-hmm. out the plot of not the like screenplay, but he wrote out the idea of it, and they adapted it to a screenplay. Okay. And then also, his biggest focus in this movie was the special effects. Hmm. Because a lot of them, a lot of the people in it, they had to leave for other projects. So his main goal is, okay, I don't want to direct again. I'll get someone else. I want to focus on the special effects. Hmm. And rather than have the studio fund it like he did with the other one, he used his own money. Really? Yeah, his own earnings from the other one. So he's like, I want to make this the best movie I could possibly make it. It shows, I think. Yeah, I think, compared to the other ones, I think this is definitely the best one. (laughs) Put all of his heart and soul into it. (laughs) Yeah, plot-wise, like I said, I liked how the bad guys won. And uh, I'm wondering if Marvel kind of copied off of that for Infinity War. Kind of feels feels like like it. it. Oh, oh, jinx, (laughs) jinx. That would have helped in that game upstairs. I oh, know, what's the deal? <laughs> yeah. Um. Technical-wise, so I have special effects, but before I get into that, I want to mention that I brought, you can see it, this VHS tape. And this one, in particular, I bought for myself, but as a kid, I grew up watching this one over and over again. And then eventually, they have the special edition ones. And, uh, this is better. <laughs> um, you know, watching it on Disney Plus and seeing all the changes they made kind of made me cringe a little bit. Did you notice
1: anything particular? I noticed Bespin had kind of been CGI'd over.
0: Yeah, definitely Bespin and uh, what else? Um, there are a couple of instances on Hoth, for example, like the Wampa. Mm-hmm. We didn't see it at all in the original one. We just saw the instance with him attacking Luke and then the arm just falling on the ground. We never actually see him eating the meat or anything like that. Really? That's a guy in a suit. Totally new to the movie. Hmm. Then there's a couple line changes, but those are pretty minor. But definitely Best Ben I think, had the worst of it. Um, I remember in the original special edition, because they fixed it up now, uh, like Princess Leia's head was way too big on Best Ben. And, like, the window. Like, they made it super, super big. Ooh. Compared to, like, the spaceship flying by, the perspective was off and the scaling was off. Ooh.
4: So they oh, have fixed that. Okay. Oh, yeah.
0: It was really weird. Just as bad as, like, the original CGI Java in episode hmm. four. That was bad, too. So they fixed it up, but you could still tell it's fake. Um, But the actual special effects that they made in it like the Star Destroyers, all of that, they still hold up. Mm-hmm. I think they're some of the best, best work for Star Wars. And, cool story, um, Brian Johnson, he's a, like a set designer, and he worked on 2001 A Space Odyssey. Oh, okay. So he helped build all the ships in that, and uh, so he got hired on to be the lead designer, and you could definitely tell they put a lot of effort into it, especially mm-hmm. in like the big... Star Destroyer. Oh, Darth Vader. Super Star Destroyer. I don't know if that's actually what it's called. I think it is actually. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> that mm. one's crazy looking.
0: Yeah. And they're huge too. Like the simple Star Destroyer is like eight feet long. There's a picture of it. It's really? It's huge. Wow. And they blow them up. Like it's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so definitely the special effects are amazing. Although there is one scene I always notice every single time. They've never fixed it. Right after Luke cuts off the wampa's arm, you hear the lightsaber swing around, but the lightsaber's not moving at all. And then hmm. you hear him close it, but it's still open. <laughs> really? Yeah, like the sound effects don't match up. That's always bothered me. <laughs> oh my goodness, I wanted to pay attention for
1: that. There was another Jedi in the cave. All along.
0: <gasps> the wampa was a Jedi. <laughs> he oh. pulled out his lightsaber. He was trying to pull a uh, Palpatine. Spin around in a seven twenty degree circle well, spin. <laughs> yes. Um, so that's it technical wise. Um, acting wise, again, I think Mark Hamill's acting was better, but he's still definitely weak in this one, especially when he's like, "No!" Like it's really, really hamming it up. No pun intended. Mark Hamill. Ah. <laughs> um. And like you said, I think the banter between Han and Leia was really, really good. Really funny, really relatable. And uh, definitely better than the other one. The other one they kind of bantered, but it eh, wasn't as good. It <laughs> wasn't as noticeable. Uh, let's see, writing. Again, Lawrence Kasdan and Lee Brackett, um, they had great dialogue, particularly with Han and Leia. And Darth Vader seemed a lot more menacing in this movie, too. Oh, yeah. Too. Holy cow. His costume, too, looked a lot scarier. In the other one, his eyes were a little red, so you could see the actual eyes in there. But This one, they're just black. Mm -hmm. So they really put a lot of effort into his design. I really like James Earl Jones' voice. Like, it's really soothing, but also, like, scary at the same time. It's perfect. Have you listened to James Earl Jones read the Bible? No, I gotta check that out. (laughs) (laughs) So good. I gotta check that out. I think he would do amazing. And for those of you who don't know, he played Mufasa. So he's played a father to the main character two times. Yep. <laughs> and both times he dies. And both times he dies. <laughs> By the hand of his son. No. <laughs> Indirectly. Indirectly both times. It's true. Ah, spooky. I think Lion King is stealing from Star Wars. Yep. Who wasn't at this point? <laughs> yeah, for real. I saw this like Swedish Star Wars movie. That was a total rip off from like the eighties. Hmm. They stole scenes from the movie, like edited them from Star Wars into this. Uh, what? <laughs> they had nothing to do with what was going on. That was the. That's best a part. shameless ripping off. <laughs> Oof! Yeah. Like there'd be people fighting, and then all of a sudden there's a Tie Fighter just shooting, but it's a Tie Fighter in space. We need
1: to do a... That reminds me. We got to do a space balls one of these at some yes. point.
0: I think we will. I think that'll be a bonus episode of Star Wars Week. Bonus Star Wars Week. All right, sounds good. The rip-offs or the um, whatever you call that one. Spin-off. Spoof. Spoof. There we go. Spoof's a good word. All right. So that's writing. Kind of already talked about it, but I really like the Imperial March. But Yoda's theme is definitely my favorite one, too. When he lifts the ship out of the water. Mm. That's definitely the best song in it. Gives me chills every time. It's pretty... Mm-hmm. Yeah, George Williams. No, John Jeez. Williams. <laughs> no, John Williams did really good in this movie. Um, I think it's definitely some of his better work comparable to the Superman theme. I think that's still my favorite one overall. But yeah, that's pretty much it. Pretty much my thoughts and feelings about The Empire Strikes Back. Um, for you, is it the best Star Wars movie?
2: Mm,
1: that is a hard question. As a kid, I would have said Return of the Jedi is my favorite, just because I just love the ending of that movie. Mm-hmm. It's just so satisfying. But you have nub. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely top
0: three, mm. for sure. I appreciate it a lot more this time around. For sure. You know, when I was a kid, I would have said The Empire Strikes Back, but now I'm thinking more of the original Star Wars. mm mm-hmm. You know, it's, I, would, I would say that one as well. It started it off. It, it's a great movie. Every scene is just quotable, memorable. Mm-hmm. Not to
1: say that this one isn't. It's just, I don't know. You, every journey starts somewhere. This is a great chapter, but it's not the first one. Mm-hmm.
0: For sure. Alright. Well, we're going to go on a break real quick, and then we'll invite the other guys on. But first, here's a message from our sponsor. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Here's how. It's totally free. There are tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast from your computer and even your cell phone, but that's not all. Anchor distributes your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You could even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Anchor is everything you need to make a complete podcast all in one small place so go on and download the anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today okay so we're back from our break now we're going to discuss jake here's uh, ideas and thoughts about the empire strikes back i decided to invite a couple more of my cousins onto it to kind of get a different inside and different thoughts on the empire strikes back so jake we'll start off with the plot what would you think of the plot so what I thought about was interesting with this plot was...
3: main thing is, bad guys win. It says it in the title, Empire Strikes Back. And at the end, it's kind of all dreary. You look at it, and it's like, how are they going to recover? Han's stuck in carbon, For and sure. who knows where. Like, Luke got his hand cut off, and he just lost to Darth Vader. Yeah, you got to hand it to him. And then, also, you're going to need to look at this movie. It's, like, constantly on the run. From the very beginning, they're just constantly running... And there never seems to be a breath of air for anybody.
0: Yeah, definitely. It seems like everyone is dealing with something or trying to fight off something. Everyone has their own conflict in it. Totally.
3: And I especially like the B story of this. the There's the A plot and the B plot. So the A plot is them running, the hyperdrive being the main problem. And then the B plot is Luke trying to come to terms with being a Jedi yeah, and there was actually something earlier in the movie that I don't think many people caught. But he's talking to one of the pilots, and he says something like, "Boy, I'd like to be a Jedi," or "You're the last Jedi," something like that. And he says, mm-hmm. "I wish I was, I had help fighting," because he kind of felt sure. like he was the only one facing
0: the Empire. For sure. No, totally. Because you know he doesn't have Obi Wan anymore, so he kind of feels alone. For sure. And when he finds Yoda later, he probably
3: feels a better connection and says, "Oh great, I'm not the only one. Maybe it's not all gonna fall into my shoulders right for sure.
0: yeah, I think that's all I've had for the plot. okay, so would you think the hero's journey pretty well? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think these movies really um, whether they Beat it to death or not, they definitely use the hero's journey a lot.
3: Yeah, and this is this whole movie is kind of just the downfall part of it before the, before the rise up again. Yep, for sure.
0: Okay, what do you think technical wise?
3: So I thought visual effects they were amazing for the time. I also think with the success of the first Star Wars that they had a much bigger budget to work with. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned earlier that the special effects artist director. Yeah. Put some of his own money into it, and it really shows. We see a lot of classic things with the designs, like the ATATs, mm-hmm. and those, what are those, the ships, pods, the double-ended pods.
0: Oh, the Star Destroyer?
3: Or... At the very beginning. the. Oh,
0: the, the speeders.
3: Yeah. Yeah, those. Those are ones. really unique, and you don't really see mm-hmm. much of that in other movies, yeah, like for double-ended... Sure. And just unique ways of taking out them, going around with the wires. Like, that's so iconic. Yeah. Today, it's mentioned everywhere. It was in Avengers. But it's just nice to see that they took this big budget and they made so many creative things. And especially when Han is frozen in the carbonite. Uh Like, just how he's set in place in the side of it. It looks really cool. Yeah. And it's something that's... Like, if I could choose something to have from Star Wars, I'd be like, that would be a really cool thing to have. Just kind of rusty
0: and metallic. Yeah, I've seen people have coffee tables with that. Like, there's like a glass thing on top of the Han Solo's carbonite thing. It's pretty cool. <laughs> if I was to do that, I wouldn't want Han Solo in it. But if
3: it was just that black slab, I think it'd look great. Yeah, kind of like a monolith looking thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. And you, funny you mentioned bringing up uh, Marvel doing it. I just realized, like, yeah, they talked about... Remember that old movie, The Empire Strikes Back? They take down the 80s? Yeah. It's pretty funny, I guess. But I, I was also a little mad with that, because I was like, well, it's not that old.
3: Yeah, and I think that was really bad on Marvel's part, like, throwing the perspective of a teen's view, because no teen thinks that. No. And... All the teens i know love star wars no matter no matter how yeah and seeing as peter parker is a huge nerd i feel like he wouldn't be talking about in that sense
0: yeah so
3: marvel dropped the ball on that with and a lot of other dialogue things yeah for sure but you know did good with the rest kind of yeah (laughs) maybe special effects wise All the robots looked really good. I always think R2-D2 looks great and amazing. Like, even by today's standards, I don't see many other robots. I feel like
0: physical things always do end up looking better. Yeah, for sure. And not only that, they even give him a personality, too. And he doesn't actually say anything. Yeah, that's how you know it's
3: good writing, is when you can convey a personality without saying a thing. Mm Kind of like Wally too. Yeah. Yeah,
0: there was hardly any dialogue in that, too. Or you can get a whole story without hearing a single word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And funny that you mentioned R2-D2. Um, I want to say in the scene where they're like flying to Dagobah for years, um, R2-D2's like top dome, it looked like it was all black, like the coloring on it. Mm. And so for years, people thought there was a black R2-D2 for some reason. But now they fix it up digitally. But you can kind of notice now, it kind of glimmers a little bit. No, they probably didn't put enough light on in the studio or something. Something. So, I I don't know if they should have fixed that or not. always interesting
3: when you go into post and you try to fix things. And you're like, that looks decent. looks passable. (laughs) And then you're like, alright, we've done as much as we could with the core footage. There's Mm -hmm. nothing we can really do. That'll
0: have to do yeah because like on the vhs you know that right there you'd hardly notice that at all but when you see it digitally it's yeah, especially it's from the jump works.
3: to hd i'm sure people started noticing all sorts of things from movies mm-hmm. for sure and i know there was a mistake in the new mandalorian
0: yeah Almost, with the guy's arm sticking out
3: <laughs> and they found a cast member in the back which is quite common nowadays Because in older types of film, that would be just too difficult to see. Or if you did, it'd just be kind of, eh, it's kind of just fuzzy in the background. But now we're hitting, shooting in 8K, 16K, insane. Yeah. And now soon we'll be able to just see every little mistake. And I think they're really going to have to up their game with
0: everything. For sure. Definitely with continuity. Because... I know when I was in high school trying to make videos and stuff, that was definitely something they hit hard on. Like, you got to keep up with the continuity. People will notice it. <laughs> yep.
3: It's always like we're jumping from HD, and now the new standard might be 4K in a couple of years, which is insane to think.
0: Yeah. I don't know if I like that or mm. not.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's really big file sizes, really expensive. Mm-hmm. But just like the jump from those the tubular TVs to finally plasma, to what we have today, more of the HD. It was really expensive and it got cheaper over time.
0: Yeah. My biggest beef with 4K though is the human eye can't really recognize it that well.
3: Yep, that's another thing. It's like-
0: Is it worth it?
3: (laughs) Yeah. But that's another thing, just kind of a flex too, to show, hey, you can see 4,000 pixels when you can really only see
0: a thousand. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. What'd you think of seeing it on uh, Disney Plus? You notice anything cool about it, bad about it? So,
3: with streaming services especially, I find it difficult. It's a little concerning to me, especially with things. There are some Simpsons episodes where they've changed them to modify something offensive. Yeah or aspect ratio is another big thing they'll Especially just in the zoom in and yeah. you miss some jokes too you'll miss some things and with these streaming services what stops them from changing anything in the future
0: on these movies we love for sure i think george lucas is definitely open to can of worms for star wars because they're yeah. gonna always edit it i imagine they, they always really? add new things like mclunky for example like that wasn't a ring before but now it is
3: yeah they just love living i guess george lucas he loves his little details his little characters yeah like the biggest fan of jar jar is of course george lucas of course he created (laughs) him and he's like that's my i like that character that's my character and he's kind of gone against the norms of the film industry since the beginning
0: definitely revolutionized a lot of things too For sure, and I definitely think the special effects are the biggest, biggest impact they've had. Um, You know, ILM, the company he created, makes everything now. From Marvel, Star Trek, like every major movie uses ILM. Didn't they turn into Pixar Studios? No, so George Lucas started another thing called Pixar, and then um, he sold it to Steve Jobs, and Mm -hmm. Steve Jobs made the company for it so george lucas is pretty much responsible for like 90 percent of the film industry today basically it's because of him we have everything we have now blockbusters cgi like i'm pretty sure phantom menace was the first movie to have a cgi character jar jar binks so like he's done a lot of the things that we take for granted now
3: and not just jar jar thankfully yoda is also an example of cgi character
0: <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Looks he was a lot okay. better. It was okay. I didn't like the puppet they had in Phantom Menace initially. It was pretty awful. Yeah, that
3: was <laughs> like big old eyes yellow, like, oh. yellowish. color. Yeah. Anyway, on to the acting.
0: Yeah, so what'd you think acting wise? So I believe
3: Harrison Ford's performance is phenomenal. I believe he carried half of the movie, especially when you get into some parts with Mark Hamill. For sure. And <laughs> you kinda cringe inwardly you see his acting and you're like okay he's getting a bit better but he's not quite to the level of these other actors like you see carrie fisher and harrison ford's their dynamic chemistry it's really interesting to look at and then you just kind of see mark hamill and i don't know especially some scenes i just look
0: at him and be like this just feels kind of fake yeah he's he's definitely not the best actor and definitely better than the original you know he's like I want to go to the Tashi Station and get some power comparators. Like, and he also feels a little grown up in this one, not just yeah. as a character, but as an actor too. Yeah, for sure. I think it was like three, yeah, three years between this one and the other one. So and I bet with all the fame, he had to grow up fast too. Yeah, And I'm pretty sure he got in a car car accident in between it too. So like... that's probably eye opening. <laughs> some people say they could see like the scars on his face. You can't.
3: No, because that's easy to remove with makeup. Yeah. It's like,
0: what? No, you can't.
3: (laughs) Also, another thing. The thing with Mark Hamill and then the sixth one in the garbage scene. Oh, yeah. Poor guy. He almost drowned. Yeah.
0: He lost, like, a couple brain cells. Jeez. Yeah, I think he had, like, ruptured brain cells or something. Yeah.
3: Which is really dangerous, but it shows what lengths actors will go to to really provide you good content. Because that scene... Is a classic, like, stuck in the garbage chute.
0: Yeah. is under sure. the
3: water. And if they took out the part with the garbage monster, it'd just be kind of lame. It'd be like, oh, it's closing in on them.
0: Then they oh, yeah. stop it. Yeah, for sure. I definitely like the creatures that they make. What do you think of the Wampa? Or the Tauntaun? Tauntaun?
3: Tauntaun is a great addition because it really shows the dynamic universe. Like, one thing on one planet, kind of like evolution is supposed to go. Where you won't see that other places really. Mm. And it's adapted to its environment and everything. And I found it really funny when Han kinda goes full survival mode, cuts yeah. it open. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. that was a really smart thing to do. Like as a writer, why would you think to do that ever? Right. But from a survival standpoint, that's like genius. For sure.
0: I always I always thought they were kind of funny sounding too. Mm-hmm. but for sure him cutting it open like that you're like oh he's not messing around <laughs> yep
3: and he's like gotta get lukewarm and i was like that is probably the best way you could have and also it talks about him setting up a shelter and everything yeah so it makes me think like wow these guys really were prepared for the snow yeah at least Han was yeah <laughs> i'm pretty sure the wampa ate the tauntaun took all the supplies you're probably right Another thing, the Wampa, like another interesting character that they threw in there to kind of cause a bit of conflict. Yeah. Which kind of sets up Luke's whole separate storyline where he's kind of separated from everyone.
0: Mm Mhm.
3: But interesting character. Still my favorite character to play as in Star Wars Battlefront II, the original. Those hunt modes where you got to play as them was Uh some of the best fun
0: I've ever had. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm trying to remember which map in particular Was it Was it Mos Eisley spaceport Like that or was it a different map It was Hoth where you got to be the But also they had oh, Mos yeah. Eisley Where you could be the
3: Jawas That's right okay And they had I unique like weapons three. and moves and everything And it's kind of sad to see like nowadays You don't see stuff like that Where they just make a random game mode With custom things That you don't see anywhere else in the game
0: Yeah For sure see the thing i don't like about the wampa so i don't know if you heard me talking to carter about it but um they added in a guy in this suit as the wampa but when you see the wampa attacking luke it looks nothing like the one that they have eating the meat earlier on like they look mm-hmm. totally different they don't match i guess up at i all. could see that but
3: i think not as many people notice it because yeah. it's from different angles at first you're seeing him hunched over it's also a very fast scene. That's true. Another thing I noticed, a little editing trick, they show cutting off his arm, and instead of actually showing it, they kind of just cut to it falling on the floor. Yeah. And then they just cut back to the wampa with no arm. Now, today, they would probably not do that. They'd probably actually CGI or prop it up. But yeah. back then, probably working on a tight budget, even with this probably being each movie getting bigger and bigger. Hmm. I feel like this is some of the best writing in the series, especially with the prequels and sequels, for sure. You see a lot of things like the dynamic writing between Han and Leia, you see the hero's journey play out really well,
0: and you see that kind of low point that you don't get to see in much other films. Yeah, definitely. I, I really like how they made the bad guys win. I, I think that was a very bold move. 'Cause if they just made the good guys win again, it'd kinda of been a repeat of the other one. Yeah, and you have to build up tension.
3: Like you can't just have them always win, you always know what's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Like this one was probably truly shocking for people to see. It's like it's kinda like Transformers when they killed yeah. off Optimus Prime. Yeah. Like three times. But the first time, yeah. Everyone was like, Wait, what's happening? They can't be winning. And this one just really shows that The Rebel Alliance is very small. Yeah, very weak too. And you see that despite all odds, they eventually succeed.
0: Yeah, kind of like in the American Revolution. Yep. I always like to compare this movie to America. I always think it's pretty similar. Yes, especially with uh,
3: different types of tactics. You'll see the stormtroopers will have very uniform ways of attacking. Yeah, they're kind of like single file or... Yep. Yeah. And And it's set in units, but the rebels will actually use their environments to their advantage. Mm -hmm. Like with Hoth they set up trenches. Yeah. And they had the In the caves. In the caves. Yeah. For sure. And they probably I'm gonna guess that was an old research base or something. I think so. It's either either an old smuggler's base or a research base. Something like that. And so they used that to their advantage. They saw the little nooks and crannies. Kind of like what America did during the Revolutionary War. Yeah. Lots of hiding,
0: probably lots of spying. Yeah, for sure. And I don't know if you remember in playing the game, uh, Battlefront, you couldn't actually, like, get lost in that base. Yeah, I'd there's a, a lot of tunnels.
3: Yeah. And you kind of saw that in the movie, too. They're trying to find their way around. Things got blocked off. Mm-hmm. And you realize that this was probably not meant to they were not the first people there to dig it out. Right. It was probably just a bunch of tunnels. And they came after. Yeah.
0: Pretty solid storyline.
3: Yeah. And especially with the twist. Mm-hmm. Like, at the time, of course, everyone knows it now. But biggest twist ever. Like, nobody saw it coming. And it was probably just shocking yeah. to your core. It's like, the main villain, this dude who's done awful things like massacred people is the hero's father yeah <laughs> and then you look into the dynamic of you saw it in the cave earlier and you saw that he was really that he might turn into darth vader yeah like he had the potential and then you really see it solidify because that's like that's his father if that was his father then what's to stop luke from turning evil like him
0: Right. And I really like that scene in particular. It kind of alludes to that potential. Like, we don't realize it until afterward, of course. But, yeah. That was really
3: cool. And as I was watching it yesterday, that scene especially, I thought it was kind of funny, because they were shooting it in slow-mo, kind of? Yeah. It was like slow-mo. But I don't think slow-mo cameras was very good back then. It was probably only shooting 30 FPS. Probably at most, yeah. And for... If people don't know, you need high FPS for slowdowns, so when you slow it down you see it actually playing out instead of just jittery like it was in the
0: film. Yeah, because you need to have a high bit rate and all of that, because once you condense it, it also condenses the file type.
3: But as George Lucas, he's always experimenting, trying things new, upping the competition. That's something he wanted to do, probably, and People probably advised him against it, and he probably said, oh, wait. "No, this is what I feel like the scene is."
0: Yeah, and it makes you wonder if it was a dream or not, because it kind of feels dreamlike. It doesn't feel yeah? At all. That was
3: another thing I noticed. And another thing in the cave, like we were discussing earlier, but with the animals, they all seem to be animals from Earth, and they weren't yeah. really, really alien creatures. No, felt more like an Amazon jungle than a
0: alien planet. Yeah, for sure. Whether that was budget constraints or not, I don't know. And I'm, it's really hard to make good-looking
3: aliens, as we've seen with the hundreds of other shows. Like, making an alien snake, they probably tried to make one, and it just came out looking awful. And they said, okay, we want to make this look creepy. We don't want to be drawing people's attention from the scene.
0: Yeah. So they put in snakes, just regular ones. Yeah. And they probably wanted to mainly focus on Yoda, too, because he's already crazy enough. Yeah, we don't need everything crazy there. All right.
3: And with music. So this this one especially has some of my favorite music from the series. I feel like the Imperial Mars just strikes so hard.
0: Mm, like when Strikes you, back.
3: Yeah. <laughs> when you see it on, when you start hearing it, you know something's about to go down. And Darth Vader comes out, and he just has this about him like this aura of just pure evil yeah and I think Rogue One that scene where he's just mowing down rebels mm. that's kind of how I feel when I see him enter the room with that song on <laughs> yeah
0: it definitely makes him seem bigger than he is you know intimidating powerful uh, yeah so it just adds even more to the fact that that's Luke's father You're like how could a man so evil be his father <laughs>
3: Yeah, and then it sets it up later in the series. You see the dynamic between father and son. Yeah. And I don't... Is there a reprisal of the Imperial March?
0: Yeah, but like, briefly. It's not like the full song. Yeah. It's like the chorus, if it's a chorus. Whatever you call it. The beginning. Yeah. Yeah, but... It's like a slowed down version of it. And kind of makes it seem like Vader's changing from that. He's not as powerful anymore he's more um vulnerable and i think star wars
3: has just a positive message in general underneath yeah where no matter what you've done you can still be a good person and do the right thing still be redeemed yep
0: for sure what about you favorite song um i really like the imperial march but i definitely think my favorite one is yoda's theme when he's lifting up the ship out of the water yeah it still gets me it just kind of time it fits
3: in with the feeling of the force mm-hmm. like it kind of has a light feeling kind of cloudy but it just fits in with the force so well as like this ominous force we don't know much about yeah and that only powerful people
0: can use Hmm. for sure it is a beautiful piece of music i don't know what more to add to it but yeah that's my favorite yeah one. I
3: think george lucas really lucked out when he got the music he did yeah <laughs> you always seem like masterpieces always seem to luck out on music like there's always there's a good movie and then a great movie finally brings it back together with music
0: yeah i definitely agree with that like a lot of the really really good classic movies have amazing soundtracks like schindler's list uh, 2001. and oftentimes if like if anybody's like me, I'll go
3: back and listen to these songs and I'll feel the power of that scene that it's from.
0: Yeah. Definitely. This one, though, has a lot of songs you could do that with. Mm-hmm. Imperial March to pump you up. Yeah. I, yeah. I work out to the Imperial March. <laughs> That's
3: what I live to. Baton Pirates of the Caribbean. The theme song, He's a Pirate. Yeah, that's such a great song by Hans Zimmer. He's definitely a good composer, too. Well, thank you for having me on your show. Sure,
0: thanks for being here. Um, next up will be Josh Chug. Yeah, we'll have Josh up next, so thanks for being here, Jake. Thank you. And may the Force be with you. Okay, everybody, so now we got Josh here. We're going to ask him pretty similar questions about The Empire Strikes Back. So, Josh, starting off, what did you think of the plot?
4: Um, I thought the plot was pretty good. This isn't my favorite Star Wars movie, but it was definitely better than quite a few of them. For sure. Yeah. Like,
0: Last Jedi, for example? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
4: definitely. in number nine, I, I didn't like that one very much either. But uh, what I did like was the beginning and the end. I liked Hoth because it was just ni- uh, interesting to see the set and things like that because the snow planet was just cool and the AT 80s and the the snow speeders taking down the AT 80s that was interesting and i liked the sky city bespin there yeah i liked that part too that one was fun and interesting to see because it was a cool concept like a city in the clouds that was cool but the middle i didn't really like just everybody flying around in the falcon and uh luke going to dagobah i felt like that was a little boring and drawn out
0: yeah it definitely felt a little slow at that point i think that was kind of a breather though from the rest of the movie because like the beginning super crazy battle being chased so that probably
4: was like a breather moment but
0: i agree that probably could have been a little bit shorter
4: yeah that's mostly all i had for a plot
0: okay all right, and then technical-wise, so, like, special effects and all of that.
4: I, I think they did really good with Yoda as a puppet. Like, seeing him as a puppet in Phantom Menace, like, seeing how good he was different-wise. Like, the Phantom Menace puppet was pretty garbage. It was awful. Yeah, and then this one was pretty good. And so it was a lot better that they had way better puppet in 80s and then uh, late 1990s.
0: Yeah, you would think it'd be the other way around, but yeah. <laughs> no, they definitely put a lot of good effort into this and I was telling Carter, you know, they the guy who designed it looked exactly like that, so it's probably that aspect. He tried to make it look as much like him as possible.
4: Yeah. Um one thing I didn't like about the technical stuff was the end when Luke falls off the uh power thingy oh, yeah. and falling through. That looks really fake.
0: Yeah. And and in the special edition, not in the newer ones, but in the older ones, when he's falling, they had like a screaming sound with it. He's like, yeah, and it's super cheesy. I'm glad they cut that out because you're right. It looks really fake, and that just made it even worse. <laughs>
4: yeah, it's pretty bad. Um, also, something interesting that I saw was the lightsaber speeds. The speed that Luke's lightsaber came out was oh, pretty fast. And then, Darth Vader's came out pretty slow, and so that's like kind of I thought saw it as um, Darth Vader had more control and he knew what he was doing. Yeah, and Luke was fidgety and didn't know what he was doing.
0: Yeah, another thing I liked about that too is Darth Vader's sounded like um, when you're like pouring uh, magma or whatever to make swords. It's kind of like the similar sound effect in Lord of the Rings. So it sounds like
4: lava coming out. It sounds really scary sounding. Yeah, that's interesting, and then also when uh, Lando goes up in that elevator thing on the Falcon at the very end, I thought that was interesting how they did that elevator.
0: Yeah, although I do wonder um, where did they get that coat from that they put on Luke? Did they find it lying around? Because I don't remember him having one going up there. Oh, uh,
4: <laughs> <laughs> that's what I had for technical.
0: Okay. And what do you think acting-wise?
4: Uh, I mostly just had Luke screaming and stuff. That was pretty bad, like, at the end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I didn't really like that very much. And I felt like Harrison Ford did a good job, but it was, he kind of, I feel, has the same acting hmm. personality between his movies.
0: For sure. He definitely plays himself. Like, yeah. if you see him in real life, he's like that, too. I think he just cares about a paycheck. I don't think he really cares. Yeah, <laughs> which is perfect for Han Solo because Han Solo doesn't
4: care. <laughs> yeah, it, it was pretty good, but overall, like through the rest of his movies through his career, like it's always the same thing usually.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think he's definitely typecasted as yeah. the tough, not caring guy. <sighs> All right. Yep. All right. What do you think, writing wise?
4: Um. Like I said, I liked the beginning and middle seemed a little slow. And um, Darth Vader being Luke's father, like, I've always watched the uh, Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, um, Friends of the Sith before watching 456. And so I knew that he was like his father and everything, but because I had been like talking to my family all about this before I knew, but it must have been really different for people actually watched this when it came out.
0: For sure. I think the problem now is everybody knows that. So I'm wondering how crazy that
4: was. Yeah. I think when I have kids I'm gonna make them watch four, five, and six first.
0: I think I'm gonna do that too.
4: Yeah. That's a good idea. And um another thing I found about the writing was when Yoda says do or do not, there is no try, what I if I'm remembering correctly He doesn't say it all in like one sentence, like part of it's part of one sentence and he like pauses for a while and I never knew that was what happened, I never paid attention to that.
0: Yeah, people kind of make it seem as like, do or do not, there is no try. No, he's like, do or do not, there is no try. It sounds more philosophical. Yeah. They try to combine it together for a cute t-shirt or whatever, but yeah, that's interesting. Okay. Anything else writing wise? Uh I don't think so. Oh, I just thought of something. I should have mentioned to everyone earlier. So, what do you think of everybody getting the the quote wrong where everyone says, "Luke, I'm your father," but in reality it's
4: just, "I'm your fa- No, I'm your father." Like everyone gets that wrong. Yeah, I I didn't know that for a while, but I learned it a couple years ago, and it's like, oh, that's interesting, but I don't really care. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't change it too much, bad. but it's just—it's insane to me. Like
0: everyone says, "No, I'm pretty sure it's look, I'm your father." It's like crazy mandala effect.
4: And then in Toy Story two, when <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, Zurg says that to Buzz, "I am your father." <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. Yes, they definitely captured that really, really well.
0: Even the cheese part of it too. Like Buzz is like, no. <laughs> yeah even then they got that wrong too they said no buzz I'm your father no that's not it yeah
4: okay and then music wise what'd you think of it music wise um I think that John Williams is a great composer but personally I think Michael Giacchino did a better job in Rogue One Mm. and like uh it he does good like John Williams, but, um, yeah, he kind of has to carry people. Mm -hmm. And so he he has to work so hard that sometimes he doesn't get to do what he really wants to do, I feel.
0: Yeah, you could definitely see that in these ones. I mean, as much as I love them, they're not the greatest acting-wise. So he definitely has to work hard for
4: the music to pick up the slack. (laughs) Yeah, and I feel like the Imperial March and things like that really show, like, how bad the bad guys are and Darth Vader really pulls that out Mm-hmm. for sure
0: I very classic and I don't know why when I was a kid I thought that one was in all of the movies but no it's just in Empire and Return of the Jedi so like whenever I'd watch episode 4 I'd be like where's Darth Vader's
1: song
4: <laughs> yeah
2: it's not in it alright
4: but yeah, yeah that's know. a great one yes Oh, another thing that I had about technical Uh is, I can't remember exactly, but I'm pretty sure doesn't Han have his hands handcuffed when he goes into the carving thingy, and then in the sixth one, his hands are, like, up like this.
0: Uh Uh-huh, yeah. And um, you probably didn't notice in this, but in the original cuts, he's also wearing, like, a blue jacket when they're zoomed in on his face, but then when it's zoomed out, he's wearing just the white shirt. They digitally colored that out in these newer versions, but, yeah, like, there's a bunch of continuity errors with that scene in particular. Yeah, yeah, like, did the wristbands disintegrate and the carbon freezing? Like, where'd they go? <laughs>
4: yeah, I don't know.
0: That's pretty funny.
4: All right, well, anything else you want to add, Josh? I think I got everything that I noticed. All right, well, thanks for being on. Thank you. May the force be with you. May the force be with you.
0: <laughs> All right, guys. So now my final guest is my cousin Cole. So. Hello. It's Cole, everyone. So, Cole, what do you think plot-wise of The Empire Strikes Back?
2: Well, yeah, I really liked this movie because I, I just thought it had a really good plot line. Like, I love how the good people didn't win. It's just uh-huh. like. It's so annoying how they always win. It's just kind of boring cuz they're always For in like sure. a tight situation and you're like, well, this isn't even stressful cuz I know they're going to get out. But For sure. Yeah, then they lose and that was a pretty cool twist. And yeah. It brought like change to the like movies because like that had never really happened before. And so I just thought it was a nice twist. Yeah. Yeah, it was also like this has probably been my favorite movie for like my whole life cuz I really like it. Yeah.
0: It's a great movie. A lot of people have it in their top 10. I think I think it's in my top 10. Yeah. I don't remember. I'll have to check my list again, but Yeah. Great. All right. And what do you think technical wise?
2: Well, technical wise, I just like I really liked the Wampa costume. It looked pretty cool. And, like, real, like a monster, not just, like, a costume. Like Halloween costumes that Mm. don't look very good. It's just, like, it looks really, like, menacing and stuff.
0: Yeah. I really like the, like, he's chewing on the meat. He looks really gross and really scary looking. Pretty realistic.
2: Yeah. It's just, in the Star Wars Battlefront game... Like, you know mm. that? I always loved being the Wampus in that game. Because there's a they're level just, you can be Wampus and you just one-hit everyone and they just die. Yes, it's they're funny.
0: overpowered. Yes, I do remember that.
2: Yeah. It's annoying unless there's, like, snipers Yeah, that kill you and then it's really hard. Yeah, acting-wise, it's just, like, it, The acting in this movie was really good, I thought. But Luke, like, all my brothers already said this and stuff, and most people say this, because it's just a really awful part. Luke, it's just when he's on the pole, just, like, hugging it, and Darth Vader's just like, Luke, well, no, he didn't say that, but he's like, I am your father. Uh And then he's like, no, and it's just super cheesy and bad.
0: Yeah, and the way his face moves, too, he's like,
2: yeah, he like shoves it into the pole. It's really weird.
0: Yeah, very. He definitely hammed it up.
2: <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, that's all I have for acting.
0: Okay. What about writing wise?
2: I didn't do that because me. I don't. I don't really know. Okay. I don't know fine. what to do. <laughs> but I just thought the music in this movie is like really good and like really like thrilling and emotional and it like brings all the like different moods yeah and like it's not just like music that's in the background that just is there like it's really like completes the movie and stuff and it's very like my brother listens to it like every day or just on his little alexa uh-huh. yeah because i think most people really love this music And the guy who makes this music, Michael Giacchino, right? Wasn't it? So not this one. John Williams. John Williams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him? Yeah, he just, like, makes a lot of good music.
0: For sure. And what I like about his music is you could tell it apart in, like, you know, you know what Star Wars sounds like. You know what Jurassic Park sounds like. Yeah. But when it comes to, like, the Marvel movies, who are made by totally different people, I couldn't tell you one from the other. I couldn't tell you Avengers from Spider-Man or Spider-Man from Thor. Yeah. So he definitely ties it into the characters. Yeah, and, and like, changes,
2: like, it has a whole different thing.
0: Yeah, for sure.
2: Yeah, so, yeah, I just really like this movie and all the stuff in it. And, like, I love the planes at the front scene, how they bring down the AT at it's yeah that's like, so cool.
0: That was really cool
2: yeah I was always sad when that one plane crashed. oh yeah, yeah. was the
0: uh, was it rogue two he's like yeah oh, okay.
2: yeah. Ah, yeah.
0: yeah all right well anything else you want to add to that call or
2: um not really
0: no okay it was a good movie yeah well, thanks for being on the show. thank you. It's a good movie. I recommend it, everyone. Bye. May the force be with you, right? Me too. <laughs> Live long and prosper. <laughs> yeah. I
2: think you got your movies
0: mixed up. Yes, I do. <laughs> All right. Well, I want to thank Carter, Jake, Josh, and Cole for being on the show today. It was really, really fun. I had a great time, guys. Next time, I'll be discussing the next film for Disney Week. Um, after years of making package films, this is the first feature film Disney did Um, Since World War II. And the first princess movie since Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Based on the Brothers Grimm version of this classic tale, this episode is all about Cinderella from 1950. Alright, well until next time, this has been Surfing Through Cinema with Hawaii Harry. Take care! Thank you for listening to Surfing Through Cinema. Make sure to check us out on Facebook at Surfing Through Cinema with Hawaii Harry and on Instagram with Surfing Through Cinema. We also have a website, www.anchor.fm forward slash surfing cinema, where you can learn more details on upcoming episodes and on past episodes.